More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We roll through the Wednesday edition of the program. Kevin McCarthy's now the speaker. We know that it took 15 votes to make him speaker. Everybody out there tried to tell you that he was going to be incredibly weakened, enfeebled, not a very powerful leader. I think some of his early actions are refuting that to a significant degree. And I do believe, Buck, this is one of the big legacies of Donald Trump's time as the President of the United States. Because I think Trump showed how unfair the media is going to be in their coverage of Republicans and also demonstrated you don't have to Mitt Romney style beg and plead for journalists who are now basically propagandists of the left wing. You don't have to beg for them to like you because there's really nothing you're going to do that they're going to like. Mitt Romney, most blandly inoffensive, I would say, politician to run for president, maybe in decades. And they turned him into a caricature and attacked him mercilessly. And yet he's still begging for their appreciation, for their approbation. And Trump basically showed how to deal with the media, that these people are activists. They don't respect you. You can use them to tell a story, but don't allow their questions to dictate the way that you behave or fear of what they might write change what you would otherwise do. And with that in mind, I want to play for you Kevin McCarthy last night explaining why he was not going to seat Swalwell and Adam Schiff on the Intelligence Committee. Listen to the question to the extent you can hear it. It's a little bit light. Uh, But then enjoy this filet. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, 
Other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell. Because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with a Chinese spy until he served on Intel. This is good. He keep, I mean, he keeps going, by the way. And, and it is noteworthy that, you know, Nancy Pelosi uh, and and uh, and Kevin McCarthy were given a specific defensive briefing, I would assume, about the risks of Eric Swalwell's compromise. The fact this guy, first of all, Eric Swalwell, I, I don't say this to me mean. I actually don't ever like being mean. I feel badly. Eric Swalwell is an idiot, okay? Just, you watch the guy talk. It's amazing. I don't know who votes for him, but, you know, they don't really care. Eric Swalwell is not a bright guy. He's on the Intelligence Committee, which is, is in and of itself kind of amusing. And he's a not very smart guy who is a total left-wing propagandist doing the bidding of the Russia-Trump collusion lies and all the rest of it, just like Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is a left-wing hatchet man. But to, you know, compare Adam Schiff and Swalwell, as grotesque as Schiff is as a person and lacking in integrity and completely oleaginous as a fellow, Eric Swalwell had a relationship with a Chinese spy. Slept with a Chinese spy. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I agree with you on Schiff. I mean, he's a liar. And the other part of this that I particularly appreciate is Kevin McCarthy coming out and saying, look, George Santos has told lies. And as a result, his own uh, congressional district can make the decision whether or not they want to reelect him, something that will happen probably what I don't know when the primary is going to be in New York, but July or August of next year. So not very long from now. And that'll be a real argument. Somebody will run against him and we'll decide what makes sense there. Schiff and Swalwell are liars, too, and their congressional districts made the decision to send them back to Congress. Joe Biden is one of the biggest liars we've ever seen over decades of his political career, and he's the president of the United States right now. So this idea that if you tell lies, you don't deserve to be elected. I wish we only elected the honest Abes of America, right? People who tell the truth and are willing to uh, address the truth honestly. But both parties have skilled liars who they regularly return to office. Politicians often have a troubled relationship with the truth. I mean, we really are going back to poli sci 101 stuff here or just do you read the newspaper everybody right i mean we all know this we all know that there are politicians that exaggerate there are politicians that tell outright blatant lies fabricate things uh did you mention elizabeth warren the fake native american because no, i was like but i mean i think that's important I mean, to mention too yes elizabeth warren pretended to be a cherokee for decades of her life and was and it was the scam worked yeah. And she's a senator. They wanted her to be president. She was a top three or four presidential contender for the Democrats the last time around. She built her entire career on a lie. It's not a small lie because it was, oh, elect me as a senator because I'm a Harvard law professor. Hire me as a Harvard law professor because I was a UPenn professor. Hire me as a UPenn professor because you need a Native American UPenn professor uh, in the law school. So the whole thing was built on this foundation of yeah. bull. And, uh, you know, here she is now treated with reverence still by Democrats. So that's why all look, all the stuff about Santos, 
this is just a dis- this is largely first of all everyone I know on the right clay finds it kind of amusing they're like wow this guy he's gotten into who is the uh is it Frank Abagnale that Leonardo DiCaprio played in Catch, oh, Me, Catch Me If, if You Can, can. great yeah. movie yeah I mean you know Santos I think he's gonna end up selling his life rights <laughs> the problem will be trying to track down the lies versus the truth but I think that's probably the direction he's heading in but this notion that we're gonna self police. Because somebody has said things that are not true. No, sorry. If you're going to try to not just reelect Adam Schiffer however many times, but want him to be back on the Intelligence Committee, Kevin McCarthy is completely right here. Uh, Producer Ali's pointing out Biden plagiarized. Biden's lied. Biden has lied about so many things that the de facto defense of Biden is, well, nobody really takes him that seriously on this stuff because he lies all the time. That's effectively the Joe Biden defense. Well, and Biden's so, defense now is just he's super old and legitimately doesn't know what's happening from one moment to the next. But when he actually had control of his faculties, he lied all the time. And I think that's pretty significant. Um, and so this idea of, hey, we're going to decide which lies are unacceptable. I mean, Blumenthal is in the Senate right now. He lied about serving in Vietnam. Like, that's a really big lie that's insulting to anyone who actually did. Look, um, it's funny to watch Democrats cry about this, too. Over at MSNBC, Chris Hayes saying they've done nothing wrong. They've done nothing wrong about Swalwell and Schiff. Well, we'll address this in a second. Play seven. Speaker Evan McCarthy and the House Republican Caucus are operating on that same old nothing matters premise. See a clear example of that in the way McCarthy is behaving about committee assignments. He and his caucus, Marjorie Taylor Greene, among others, want revenge against the Democrats for the removal of two of his members, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar, from their committee assignments in 2021. That came after Greene and Gosar both used violent rhetoric against their Democratic colleagues. So McCarthy chose three Democrats who've done absolutely nothing wrong and began threatening to kick them off their committees if the Republicans won. All that Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell and Ilhan Omar are guilty of is really being targets of Republican hire. Okay, first of all, that's not true. Schiff and Swalwell are liars who were wrong about the entire Russia collusion debacle and pushed it more than almost anybody else. But I do just find the pearl clutching over at MSNBC. Oh, you mean elections have consequences? Yeah, sorry. Dems aren't calling the shots anymore. Live with it, Libs. You know, the the, the crying about it isn't going to change anybody's mind. And, and I would just point out there was a lot of apprehension in some circles about Kevin McCarthy being speaker. Sometimes, Buck, until you're in that leadership chair, you never really know what somebody's going to govern like because it's incredibly difficult to become speaker. You have to spend decades, really, getting into a position to become speaker. Sometimes when you're finally there, you can really enact many of the things that you weren't able to argue for as a part of building yourself up to the speaker position. Does that make sense? Like well, like Joe Biden's a good example. Uh, a, a good example of someone who got into office and basically has governed as a far left-wing zealot, despite the fact that he ran as this Trojan horse, oh, I'm not going to actually rock the boat very much. Kevin McCarthy is starting already to make really significant waves and just that inner uh, that that audio that we played for a second ago, the question was premised on the idea. Let me uh, kind of let you know what it was. It was on the idea that oh, George Santos is sitting on a committee, and and 
McCarthy came out and said, well, he's not sitting on the Intelligence Committee. And let me tell you specifically why Schiff and Swalwell are not on there. The fact that MSNBC is out there arguing, look, Swalwell slept with a Chinese spy. That's a huge story that directly implicates whether he can be trusted with intelligence data. Schiff directly lied when he knew that he was lying. Not because he ended up being wrong later. He knew that he is, because I don't know how this question is covered, but he got his story out there, and he did a great job of it. And if he continues to take the fight to the other side and stand up on issues like this, because the, the go-along-to-get-along maneuver, the Republican establishment uh, glad-handing and grinning maneuver would have been, all right, fine, we'll, we'll let the Democrats have their assignments. No, he didn't do that. Now, I know some people are probably thinking, all right, Buck, well, it's only been you know a few weeks, and that's fine. But it has been a few weeks, and so far he does seem to have gotten the message a little bit from those who didn't feel like he was enough in the fight and representing, let's just be honest, representing the Republican base in a way that was meaningful. And now he's doing some things, you know, we call balls and strikes, right? If he's throwing a heater at 95 miles an hour down the middle, that's a good pitch. No doubt. He's killing it, and I hope that he's going to be emboldened and continue to stand up. And we'll see, because these debt ceiling negotiations are going to be another big test for him. But the fact that he got the Department of Defense to remove the vaccine mandate was a huge win. And I think what he's deciding now to do with this basically misinformation board that's going to look into big tech and their power with Jim Jordan at the top, which has also been announced, I believe is going to be massively important. And I love, frankly, what he did with Schiff and Swalwell and holding them accountable for what they did. And you see... Maybe we can play this audio somewhere down the line, but Swalwell came out and said, people are threatening to kill us because of how mean Kevin McCarthy's being. I'm so sick of the whole somebody sent me death threats. It sucks. I think you should be prosecuted if you send death threats. Are we going to pretend that Republicans are not also getting deluged with negativity because and death threats because Democrats have tried to pretend that Republicans are basically Nazis? Come on. This is ridiculous. If you make a death threat, you should be prosecuted. But this idea that being kept off of the intelligence committee is the reason why people are behaving in a ruckus fashion online is simply not true. Uh, anyone that's binge-watched a TV show knows the feeling of getting hooked on great storytelling. Same can be said for an amazing book. You just can't put it down. Folks at Hillsborough College are dedicated to capturing your curiosity and passion for learning with a series of free online video courses. Substance comes from classes and topics captivate the students and professors at Hillsdale. They don't just put up a camera in the classroom. These are highly produced, engaging videos that stimulate and educate you on a variety of subjects. You can benefit from learning without the burden of tests, homework, or term papers. You won't even have to pull a Kamala Harris to complete an assignment. It's learning on your own terms you can go online right now check out what courses are available i guarantee you'll find four or five that immediately intrigue you and once you register you can watch an episode a lecture or multiple lectures in a row all on your own time frame again without pop quizzes without tests everything's online on demand it's free educate yourself as a part of 2023 here's how you do it go to clay and buck for hillsdale.com to learn more that's clay and buck for hillsdale.com start your free course today keeping it real keeping it honest clay travis and buck sexton
Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name Clay for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. You know, it's not looking good for the commies in New York and California and other blue enclaves who are running these states. Of course, we're here for you, our fellow sane conservatives who are in those places. But your leadership, as you know, whether it's Gavin Newsom or Kathy Hochul, uh, is is just 
ruining these places as states to live in and prosper and have basic freedoms. They're now considering um, a wealth tax in California. Now, Europe has played around with different European countries, played around with wealth tax in the last 20 years or so. Um, The basics of the and by the way, it was a total failure, didn't bring the money that they thought it would and. Because the very wealthy, they go after the very wealthy with this, a tax of 1.5% on residents with a global net worth of a billion dollars and a 1% tax for those making $50 million or more. This is in California. They're also considering a special exit tax, it is reported, for those who leave the state. Clay, this is a sign of desperation. California has a 26 billion-dollar budget deficit. Now, California, last time I checked, can't just print money. It's not the federal government. So their budget deficit catches up with them a whole lot faster. People are leaving because they don't want to pay the incredibly high taxes that New York and California, respectively, have. So their response is tax the highest earners even more and try to create a special, we're just going to rinse you as you try to flee our state tax. That's a bad look. It's a bad look. I don't think it's constitutional. Um, and it's a function of California getting fat and lazy. And I, I think the same thing happened in New York. There's a good example uh, in New York compared to uh, Florida, for instance. Florida's got more people, Buck. The budget of the state of Florida is, I believe, less than half what the budget is for the state of New York. So, And, and I think most people in Florida would say, they are happier with the way that their state government works than people in New York would say they're happy with the way the state government works in New York. And so all governments have great deals of inefficiency layered on top of them, but I don't know how you could better prove it than by looking at Florida versus New York. And I think what's going on in California is what COVID did is it accelerated people's willingness to experiment in ways that they might not have otherwise. And what I mean by that is, if you were really successful in California, you probably weren't willing to relocate to Nevada or to Arizona or to Texas, much lower cost states, because you were worried that you'd be far less efficient. But what happened was, COVID occurred, everybody relocates, and they say, wait a minute, why would I be paying 15% state income tax and local in California when I could basically be paying zero in Texas, in Tennessee, in Florida. And the wealthier you are, the more incentive there is to leave now. And California is backwards kind of recognizing this. I mean, for high earners in New York City right now, it's about all in, if you live in New York City, 14%. In addition to paying the top federal bracket, right? Yep. So you're paying, what is the top federal bracket? 37%. 37%. You'd be paying 51% of your income, in theory, if you live in New York right now. Uh, that's just confiscatory, and these states can't continue this way. They're going to have to shrink the welfare states and all the free goodies. That's the only option, folks, or else they're going to collapse. Well, and that's why Adams is so desperate to try to get people to come back. Remember when Kathy Hochul just said leave? I didn't go it so well. Uh, if one of your goals this year is to save money and be a bit more careful with your budget, got a suggestion for you. Switch to Pure Talk. That is the cell phone service that will save you a bundle and also support many of the values you care about the most. Uh, look, for just 30 bucks a month, you can get fast data, unlimited calls and text, plus 
You can compare that price to the uh, what you're paying right now to AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. Company's customer service at Pure Talk is 100% U.S.-based, and they are owned by a U.S. veteran. Switch over in as little as 10 minutes. You can keep your same phone number and your same phone, and you get a first month risk-free. Try it. If you're not happy, you'll get your money back. Here's how you switch. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Um, as we were rolling through the Wednesday edition of the program, mentioned this yesterday. Buck, I don't know if you've ever been on this ride, but if you wonder how woke all of our world has become, Disney World, uh, down in Florida, has shut down an amusement park ride, Splash Mountain, that is one of the most popular rides, maybe the most popular ride currently at Disney World. Yesterday was the last day that it was open because they have decided that the ride is racist. I'm not making this up. And I know probably a huge percentage of you out there with your kids or your grandkids or as you were growing up have been on this uh, this ride. It is a water ride. Uh, I'll describe it this way. If you have been ever down in Florida when it is 90 degrees with 100% humidity and you are walking around in Disney World... This is a long water ride that is air-conditioned that ends with you being able to get a little bit of water on you, sometimes more than that. But uh, it's like a you know the log ride where you come down at the end with a big drop. And it's based on Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Bear, like all of these Joel Chandler Harris, uh, Uncle Remus stories from the 1800s, which were wildly popular, originated, I read all about it at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the movie Song of the South, which a lot of you probably have heard, Zippity Doodah, Zippity A, it's a fine, I mean, it's one of the most popular Disney songs out there, comes out of that movie, was made in the 1940s. Disney has decided, based on some tiny cadre of complainers, that they are shutting down the ride. It's going to take, I believe, years to remake it, and they are going to remake it now based on this Princess Tiana and the Toad movie. And it just makes me want to pull my hair out in fury that we are now deciding that amusement park rides are racist and have to be removed, even though there is, I will tell you this, Buck, not one single iota of racist thought that would possibly come out of white, black, Asian, or Hispanic people who have ridden this ride ever. So I've never never been on this. I think my parents would, they could... Fill me in on this. I think they took me to Disney World when I was like five. I have basically we no were a Disney World family. We would go camp. This is what my parents wanted to do on vacation. We would stay at Fort Wilderness. So I grew up going to Disney World, and I've obviously well, taken my kids there. Well, that sounds great. My dad used to take us into like the middle of the the North Woods in like Minnesota, Canada area, and we would do portages where we would carry our packs and our canoes for like three miles at a time. Yeah. And I had blisters the size of my palm on my feet, and I'm like 12 years old. That was my vacation. Yeah. So not really, you know, I would have liked Disney World. I'll just put that out there. But anyway, yes. um, I don't know. So do you remember? I have no recollection. See, my question about this is, one, couldn't they have just have made some adjustments to the ride? Or is it just the fact that they're like, were there, were there things that were considered insensitive or racist that happened during the ride? Or no, was it just the zero. association? I mean, are you just on a log that goes into water? 
Yes, that is right. You run a log that goes into water. It is the association of Br'er Rabbit, who came out of these 1880s, uh, you know, African American folk tale. It's actually Black history, right? So these were oral folk tales which were shared in the South, um, and they were written up by Joel Chandler Harris and attributed, I believe, to Uncle Remus in the 1880s. So these were African-American folklore stories about Br'er Rabbit, who was a smart guy, like, and his hijinks compared to other farm uh, and, and, and wildlife, right? And so I guarantee you there is not a single human alive who has ever gone through on this ride and thought oh this is racist so they're shutting it down now for years there was buck like a four or five hour wait because so many people are upset about this ride changing because it's been there for like 25 or 30 years now and there are a lot of people who have the experience over that time of going through with their family of experiencing it and now they're doing all too often what happens at disney and other entertainment companies a few woke activists complain about this so they're shutting it down now for years, and you're not going to be able to ride this ride ever again. They're they're canceling an amusement park ride because they think it's racist. I think that the era of amusement parks in general is is not it has passed. I remember like the late '90s, especially when the weather was good. Remember Six Flags? Great? Did you was Six Flags oh, Great yeah. Adventure a thing you used to see ads for? Because that was up in the northeast. Yeah, they had one in Atlanta. I think it's still okay. open there. I would occasionally go there. And there were always the whole thing was through these rides. It's like you may not make it out alive. Yeah. Which now I'd be like, good heavens, that sounds yeah. that sounds risky. But you know these rides where it's like, oh my gosh, it's so scary and extreme. Uh, I, I'm not an amusement park guy, especially because the notion of Anything that involves spinning around or getting dizzy, there was something at Rye Playland, which I used to go to when I was a, a, a camp counselor, and I went to a camp for years before that in the New York area, and we would have one day a year in the summer, we'd go to Rye Playland. There was something called the Brain Scrambler, and you were moving in a circle, a big circle, in like a, sort of four people on a on a almost like a flying saucer, and the flying saucer was spinning. So you had so you double were, spins. A double spins. Spinning and spinning. This, to me, I forget about waterboarding. I I, I would tell anybody anything with this. I, I don't know why anyone pays for this, enjoys this. To me, you know, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a boring fellow. I like my creature comforts. Well, so I like as a dad, and my wife would say the same, in Florida, even recently, I was at Universal Studios. I was at SeaWorld. I took the boys, uh, and we went to Magic Kingdom, uh, which is Disney World. And I do find it to be really enjoyable. And I understand from a business perspective that you constantly have to be updating the park, right? So rides get outdated. Rides are no longer popular. But they're shutting down at Disney World. Probably the single most popular ride at the Magic Kingdom, not based on lack of interest, but because they have decided that the ride is racist. And I just think it's everything that's wrong with our society today that we're allowing these woke losers to win constantly keeps happening keeps happening because uh, unfortunately activists don't have to be many they don't have to be representative of of any broad opinion they just have to be annoying and perhaps a little defamatory of an organization of a person and that has the the intended effect and, and you know, I, I know we talk a lot about wokeness and, and all this stuff 
But what victories are we scoring in the other direction? There are some. There are some. I will say that, uh, for example, Ron DeSantis recently was being pushed on the rejection of an AP African-American studies yeah. curriculum in the state of Florida that would have taught, uh, I believe there was a there was a, a queer theory section of it. I mean, very, you know, CRT, woke stuff. And he's saying, no, you're not teaching that in the classroom in, in Florida. We have we have statutes, we have rules, but what you're going to teach in the classroom. So there is something that can be done. But I still think that on balance, unfortunately, wokeness keeps racking up wins. And we're just beginning to wake up to the fact that it never stops. Right. It, it never it, stops. And not only that, Buck, I think and this is the import. this is maybe the most important part. I think all of this diversity and inclusion B.S., and this is one of those times when I wish I could curse. It actually is making things worse and dividing us more. And that is, I, I believe that all the data reflects that there is more racial tension now, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, in terms of our national discourse than there certainly was in like 1995 or 2005. And so are you going to argue to me that America is more racist in 2023 than it was in 1983 or in 2003? I think that's crazy. So why do we have this perception that it is? I think it's because we're dividing people and diversity and inclusion actually does the opposite of what it's intended to. You see the uh, fun fact up on the news story about Splash Mountain. People were trying to sell Splash Mountain water on eBay. I mean, it's crazy, but there is such an affinity for this ride that for people who are going to Disney World, I know there's tons of people out there listening to me right now that are utterly disgusted over this because of what it represents, but also because a huge part of going to Disney World, Buck, is the nostalgic factor. Uh, You're not alone on this one because people, again, going back to the news reporting over this, which has been pretty substantial, uh, people waited up to 200 and 20 minutes to go on Splash Mountain one more time. Yeah. Almost four hours in line. By the way, that for me is theme park hell. That's why I don't, you know, Six Flags, all this stuff. I don't like being in the line, getting sunburned neck, the whole thing. It drives me crazy. So, And again, I don't I, I don't like standing in line either. I don't mind. Some people out there, why do you? Like, I don't mind if some old rides are tr- transferred out, transitioned out, because they aren't popular anymore. But Disney is actually ending the most popular ride in all of Magic Kingdom because they have allowed a tiny cadre of losers to convince them that this is a racist amusement park ride. Just not true. And I think it's important for people to stand up against the crazy. I really do. Switching gears here for a second. The fight to protect the lives of unborn children is underway now more than ever. Unborn babies need our help, and the preborn pregnancy clinics are there for them. Their mission is simple rescue babies from abortion. And every day, preborn rescues 150 babies' lives on average. I mean, that is a miracle that is constantly occurring. How are they doing this? Through the gift of an ultrasound. You see, when a mother considering abortion hears that heartbeat and sees that precious life via an ultrasound, most of the time she will choose life. So, can you help? Will you join in this fight to save babies' lives? Preborn is completely dependent on you, the pro-life community, to support their efforts. For just $28, which is the cost of a meal, you can help save a baby's life and change the mother's life with it, of course. That's what a single ultrasound costs, $28. 
$140 sponsors five ultrasounds. 100% of your donation will go toward this mission of saving babies' lives. So will you contribute today? Grab your cell phone, dial pound 250, that's pound 250, and say the keyword baby, pound 250 baby, or to donate online, go to preborn.com slash buck, that's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sex. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 31 Abrams tanks heading to Ukraine, courtesy of you, the taxpayer, the American people. This is our main battle tank. And... Uh, this is, according to Biden, uh, the Biden White House, not meant to be an escalation. I'm sure the Russians are very pleased to hear that we don't think this is an escalation or don't don't want it to be. I'm not sure that's how they will view this. The Pentagon has also announced 
a artillery production increase of sixfold, six times as many artillery pieces will be sent to Ukraine. Germany, meanwhile, is getting all kinds of pressure at home over sending tanks to Ukraine. So we'll see what the Germans decide to do. And Biden was asked about this today. Here's how he responded. Mr. President, why are you taking this decision now? Did Germany force you to change your mind on sending tanks? Germany didn't force me to change your mind. We wanted to make sure we were all together. That's what we're going to do all along. And that's what we're doing right now. Thank Mr. you. Mr. President, any response to the Pence disclosures of classified documents? Sir, are the searches of your homes completed? Mr. President, when is Jeff Stein starting as your next chief of staff? He didn't answer any of those questions, obviously. He just kind of shuffled away. 72 days, Buck, since Joe Biden, I believe, had a press conference to answer questions. I don't think, given the classified document scandal, that's happening anytime soon. And to your point, like you, we've talked about this for a while. What would we think if someone was giving tanks to someone that we were engaging in combat with? At some point, we kind of become a combatant here, right? I would say this when and and those uh, who fought in uh, in Iraq know exactly what I'm talking about. When the Iranians and the uh, the Quds Force of the IRGC, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, were providing EFP, explosively formed penetrators so that they could punch holes in, whether it's Abrams tanks, uh, personnel carriers, the uh, striker vehicles we had over there, Humvees, up our armored Humvees. Uh, we began to increasingly, we certainly treated those groups, making them as combatants, and we blew up Qasem Soleimani yes. in big part because of what he was doing to help the uh, insurgents in Iraq try to kill Americans. And right, by the way, rightly so. A great move from Trump that he doesn't get nearly enough credit for. But at some point, we at the beginning of this, and this is my concern is just the incrementalism here. Clay, I remember this. I remember the debates almost exactly a year ago. Should we do a no-fly zone? You remember that? And everyone said, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, a no-fly zone. That's too much. That's too far. Well, we're obviously already training Ukrainian forces, meaning we, our partners, NATO allies, there's training going on, which is a big part of why the Ukrainians have been as effective as they have in, in stalling the Russian advances. Uh, we're giving them enormous $100 billion worth of stuff. Now we're giving them battle tanks. At what point do you think we're going to have the maybe we do need to have a no-fly zone over parts of Ukraine conversation again, which would mean that the mission creep that at the beginning we're all like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. We would be right there again. Yeah, tanks seem to me to naturally lead to jets at some point right i mean because there was an argument that we weren't going to give particular uh anti-tank weapons right and anti-aircraft weapons we keep extending can the, i just the real quick on that one because I, I spoke to obama's we, we debated this years ago obama's then national security director for ukraine and, and you know eurasian uh eurasian portfolio and he admitted to me he's like yeah look we didn't want to and the Obama administration made this clear. They did not want to provide um, uh, Javelin anti-tank missiles or long-range sniper rifle uh, capability to the Ukrainians because it would have been too provocative to the Russians. Now, that was before the full-scale invasion, but there were Russian troops and, and military. You know, they seized Crimea. There was a Donbass region. I mean, there was combat going on. I think the idea also that we are continuing by giving these tanks 
This idea that there's going to be some sort of resolution to me feels very unlikely, Buck, right? That we basically have got a trench warfare style battleground that is going to exist now for years. Now, maybe something changes. Vladimir Putin becomes ill. A new leader emerges in Russia. But this idea that there's going to be a vanquishing of Russian boots from Ukrainian soil, no, nah, that's never going to happen. And I think the idea at this point that Russia is going to be able to take Ukraine, we kind of seem in this stalemate that's never ending. The Iran-Iraq war, which began right near the time when I was born, went on for almost nine years, Clay. Nine years, yeah. hundreds of thousands of casualties, carnage. Now, Kissinger memorably said that he hoped they could both lose, so that was the attitude about that. But I'm just bringing this up because... When you have two combatants who are dug in, there's a front, it's changing hands, piecemeal here and there, and they both have substantial resources and will to fight. This thing could go on for years and I, is likely to right now. I feel like the only way it's going to end is if something happens to Vladimir Putin. And by the way, that doesn't mean that things are going to get better. We keep thinking that Putin's replaced. It could get worse for us, depending I, on who comes to power. I just want to know, is $500 billion... Too much money? How about a trillion dollars? Do we ever cap it or just keep going? That's where we're headed. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.